0: This is Podflix, episode one forty-eight. I'm Willie, I'm Paul, and I'm Nish. We're back again, guys. It's we- like a weird time as we're recording this. There's some shit going on out there.
1: Yeah, it is a very weird time. <laughs> it What's- it was it was a very weird time. And now it's a really, really, really messed up time.
0: Um. I feel like the like the most surreal, weirdest moment I had today is um, I'm in the city and I can hear the protesters marching and it's really loud and there's a ton of uh, sirens going on and then out of nowhere I hear hear the sound and I'm like what the fuck it's and out of nowhere rolling down 10th Ave the fucking ice cream truck <laughs> do, do 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 and I'm just like this is the strangest fucking time in my entire life
1: it feels like uh it feels like it should be like the ice cream truck from that movie legion you ever see that movie no the uh this this was a um a movie geez i don't know came out probably about 10 years ago or so um and it's where like i'm gonna describe it badly it's not my genre it's like it's like horror um but it's like this old this town out in the desert and um Basically, it's like God is like attacking the town or something. So there are all these like demons. They're like angels, but they're demons. But they're attacking this like one diner. Um, and uh, I want to say Paul Bettany's like oh. the main guy in it. Is this an older movie? Yeah, like 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 it's like early two thousands. I think
0: this is um, the the girl who is in Friday Night Lights is in this movie.
1: I. Th- think she is yes yes she yeah, is yeah, adrian yeah. yeah yeah adrian palicki yeah 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 i forgot about that yes yeah. she's in the movie but anyway there's like one of the like the standout scene from the whole thing is in the middle of the night this ice cream truck comes um and like the, the like these people are holed up in the diner with guns at this point and all that and they're like what the fuck is that and this ice cream man comes out and uh he <laughs> is played the ice cream man is played by doug jones um, Okay, you may you know, he's you know he's uh what's his name uh abe and hellboy and he's uh he he plays all these weird freaky guys he's the pale man in uh pan's labyrinth um and he like he gets out and his like jaw like drops to the floor and his like arms elongate and he like starts like he's like this like weird animal man anyway it feels like in in our current situation in what we're in now if there was an ice cream truck coming down the street that's what i think it would be it would be like it would just stop and these demons would get out and it's like, yeah, that, 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 that feels about where we are nowadays.
0: Well, I'll say this much. I, I, you know, we're all going through some weirdness and, and I needed a, a just like a little feel good dopamine release. So, so my big news <laughs> for the week was um, I, did a, I did a little retail therapy myself um, in Manhattan here. There's a store called Roll Good. and they sell thought real hard about that name did they (laughs) yep (laughs) they sell their own scooters that they make electric scooters Okay. so
1: you got an electric scooter is what it sounds like
0: yeah I have officially retired from the subway except for you guys know me for a long time did I get the entry level scooter
2: oh no you got the most expensive one they have I have I have a I have a battery of questions. And I have a very, I have a very big battery in my scooter. <laughs> question number one: How many wheels does a scooter have?
0: Just two. It's not a tricycle. It's a scooter.
2: It's not the it's not the electric unicycle thing. No, that's a unicycle, not a scooter, man. All right. Does does question it, two: Does it light up or play music when you ride it? Oh, There's please no say it does, it does.
0: dude. <laughs> what it does have is um. It's got a horn on the handle and it's not a bell. This is like a mammy. All right. Context. The normal scooter has one motor and they will go 15 to 18 miles an hour tops.
2: Tell me you got the all wheel drive model. (laughs) I did. Dual motors.
0: (laughs) It goes 45 miles an hour. Oh my God. (laughs) So, you know, they're like, look, there's three modes, which I'll equate to like one, which is like the normal mode. Like, 10 to 15 miles an hour, two, which is like okay, looking for death mode, and then three, which is the Tesla insane mode. I have not gone in mode three because on mode two I've what? almost killed myself right. like five times. I was gonna say like when would you go in mode three? Like what is happening for you to be on an electric scooter
1: at 45 <laughs> miles an hour?
0: <laughs> I got it to 30 and I was like shitting my pants. I'm like, I'm gonna die. Like the the other thing is have you guys ever driven a golf cart around? Of course, yeah, sure. You know the thing about golf carts is they go what five, maybe seven miles an hour, right? Yeah, it yeah. sounds about right. But there's no acceleration. You're either stopped or going five, right? It's kind of the throttle for the scooter, which is on your finger here. Like you kind of like tip all, it a little, and it inches, and then, it, and then it's just like whoa! So <laughs> like coming like no helmet like an idiot too i buy the scooter i'm like fuck i didn't get a helmet i don't have anything there's no stores open i'm like i'll just drive it home through manhattan immediately pop a wheelie down the street (laughs) motherfucker
1: (laughs) <laughs> what uh? What, what is the name of this scooter? Because I am writing myself a note to look up videos of this as soon as we finish.
0: I don't know if there's videos. This is like the even I, sketchier thing. It's like, yeah, all right, it's yeah. just a store in Midtown. That's fairly good.
1: Like, these are like bespoke
2: scooters.
0: <laughs> it is the- made by
2: Frank Rolgood.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, believe, I believe it is the SE209. I have to see if the,
1: I, I, I need to see what someone going 45 miles an hour on this <laughs> looks like. Like, like, I can't even comprehend what this looks like.
0: I mean, the tires are really fat. It's like like a wheelbarrow <laughs> thick tire. And it's got treads and it's got shocks in front and back. Because you definitely what? need shocks. it. Well, that was my biggest fear. It's like, I'm going to hit a pothole going 30 and just like, die, die. like eject. And look yeah. like road rash from head to toe. I've accepted that. Like I told Margarita when I got it. I'm like, okay. So I've accepted I'm going to fall. I'll probably break something, but I won't like I won't die. But I, but I'm going to accept the first broken arm or wrist or whatever.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: I mean that kind of seems like a given, I guess. If you're gonna if you're gonna definitely go on it and go at that even that speed too. Let me tell you though, um, <laughs> I thought road. I, I thought you were going to say that it's like you looked at it and you were like, well, this is how I die. <laughs> like, like a, I, guess I'm just, I guess I'm just getting this. <laughs>
0: Uh, road all the way up the west side oh. to Harlem from 28th Street. Eight minutes. Wow! Like, is it, like, it is it heavy? It's 65 pounds.
2: 65. Oh, pounds. <laughs> you gotta
0: be kidding me! You know, in my mind too, the way I justify it, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'm strong. I'll just carry this thing all over the place. Yeah, right. 65
1: pounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know it, it was definitely like i wasn't sold on it either he wasn't like oh you should get the better one i was just like well what's that one he's like that's the that's that's the one that weighs 65 pounds and it's got a double deck and the battery lasts 40 hours anyway what i was saying is um because it's so big it doesn't have like one of those little like Ching-ching. bells that you ring right. Like it's a fucking horn and it's really <laughs> loud and of course it's like right by the handle and the last three times I've ridden it, I bring it in the apartment, I fold it up, and I go to pick it up. And the first thing I do is hit the horn. And it's just like the whole floor in the building is like, man. I'm just like, shit, <laughs> sorry. It feels Everybody's like, on edge, and I'm honking yeah, the horn to right. my scooter. Holding, holding it.
1: <laughs> it feels like the horn should have some kind of like cutoff if it's like
0: folded up. like Like, because who, you know, you're only going to use it if you're using it. Like for real. It's got a badass headlight. To answer your question from before, Paul, yeah. and, and when that when the headlight is on, the whole back of the thing lights up and blinks, and it's got blinkers, left and right blinkers, and like I don't know how they sell these things without you having to have like a license. Yeah. Like, you can't it, ride a moped without a license, right?
2: And it also has doors, windows, a roof, a windshield, and a trunk. Yeah, oh, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I did go. I
0: did go down a little rabbit hole. This is totally not movie stuff, but there, there are. I read an article about the cheapest car you can buy and it's uh, apparently there's a whole market that essentially are these like scooter motors and they wrap cars around them in China like you can buy a car on Amazon for $1,200. It goes 40 miles an hour (laughs) but that's how they commute around China
2: Was was your scooter more or less than that car? More Oh my goodness (laughs) Substantially
1: you know, I, I have to say, now that I know that your scooter is this 65-pound behemoth that goes 45 miles an hour, I wish even more that it played music and light
0: it up. <laughs> I wish it played ice, ice cream truck music. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking, like, ice cream music and lighting up, like, you know, like, LA Gear shoes or something like that. You like like, little, yeah, you
2: little, need, like, the little. ground effects that, like, shine on the pavement as right, you roll down the street. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, like the black light underneath <laughs>
0: So, aside from scooter stuff, I, you know, to distract myself from everything going on this week, I was kind of all about space. So, Penny and Nolan and I watched um, the space launch, which was fucking awesome. Did you guys see that? I
1: missed the first 45 seconds. We had, like, an alarm on. My brother had an alarm on, and then he was, like, on the phone or doing something else and, like, didn't hear it. And then he, like, ran down. And he's like, dude, turn it on, turn it on. And then, like, they had already launched. But we did see, like... Everything after the first forty five seconds, but I was bummed that I missed the actual lift off. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure
0: you saw it, Paul.
2: No, I didn't actually. I was I was I was busy that day and I had made time for the original launch and and was watching it and then obviously they canceled that. Uh but I was not able to watch um the following one live, unfortunately. But
0: but it was cool. It I mean was. I'm sure you saw the videos. The yeah. um the dashboard on that thing looked badass dashboard it, heads yeah. up display whatever you
2: call it it looks did like, it, it looks it like looked looked very
1: cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i guess that makes sense <laughs>
2: um and i and i heard they safely made it to the space station today so yep. good on them yep, say,
0: yep. um I did not get to see it, but I've read a handful of reviews on um, Space Horse, the new Steve Carell series. Have you guys heard anything about it? Seen it? Like, I'm sure by the time this comes out, it'll be old news for everybody else. But Right. I haven't. Yeah,
1: no, I haven't seen it. I've just, you know, seen a few reviews of it, which are, uh, I would say, kind of lukewarm reviews is is what I've seen. But I haven't seen it myself, so I don't really know.
2: Yeah, Um, I, I, I haven't seen it. I had very little interest in it because it sounds like it sounded like. Some, you know, like the actual Space Force announcement was made. Someone was like, ah, that's funny. We should make a show about that. No, we should make a show about that. It's like, what's the rest of the show going to be like? Who cares? Like, it's this crazy thing called Space Force. Like, just make it. Just put uh, Michael
0: Scott in it. It'll be great.
2: Yeah, right. So, yeah. It, yeah. I haven't uh, had a lot of interest.
0: I, I got halfway through the first episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, so oh. it doesn't, doesn't sound good then. <laughs> How yeah. long are the,
0: are the episodes half an hour or an hour? This first one is like, it's an hour, or you know, how do we count this? It's forty-two minutes.
2: Yeah, fair com- enough.
0: With forty commercials 40. on Netflix.
2: Well, so that brings up that brings up an interesting thing, which um, is now that we're kind of in the age of like lots of streaming things, especially with TV shows, it lets TV shows, kind of episodes of TV shows, be the length they need to be. Like, I, there's so many shows I've been watching lately where it's like, oh, here's a big episode it's 52 minutes or 58 minutes and here's a shorter episode it's like 39 minutes or whatever and it's i I don't know what what you guys think about that but i think it's pretty nice that like they can stretch or contract the episode to be the length it needs to be so they don't have to like put a bunch of filler in or something like that um or they don't have to like cut a bunch of good stuff if they feel like you know they need it they can just put out make it as long as it needs to be yeah, I think I think it's generally good. I, I, I agree
1: with you. Um, I, I still think of those shows as half hour shows and hour long shows in my head. Like if a show is like what you were just talking about, I would think of that as an hour long show, even if they had an episode like an episode that was like 38 minutes or something like that. It's still like, yeah, but usually they're like 45 or 50 minutes. And I round that up to an hour, especially because a long time ago when we were only watching things on TV, you know, hour long shows were basically 44 minutes. Uh, when you took the commercials out of there um but but yeah no i i I totally agree with you paul i like that shows you know are a little freer to kind of do what they want for the most part
0: i can't think of many shows outside of hbo shows like game of thrones was famous for like one episode would be right 52 minutes the next one would be 68 minutes like but i can't think of many of these like networky you know networky i mean even like space force it, it feels like it should be like a sitcom length but that like vary in length do you have specific examples Polly?
2: um most of the stuff like anything i've been watching like on cbs all access like i mean those shows mm. they really vary in length quite a bit and like even stuff that's been on tv like the um the last season of Doctor Who had wildly varying episode lengths. and that show was on TV. Um, Great thing. Like it's originally on the BBC without commercials and stuff like that. So it's a different, it's a different thing, but like they've just made like, Oh, this is a longer episode. And it was like 10 minutes longer than like a, than a normal episode. So um, I don't, know. maybe it's just the stuff I've been watching, but I've seen it quite a bit lately. Um, The other
0: thing, That I wanted to bring up, which does have a very set time, and I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on, is um, this week, my kids got into The Simpsons. Really? Wow. Wow. And it's awesome. That is awesome. I showed them The Simpsons movie like two weeks ago. I fell asleep during it. Big surprise. (laughs) Uh, But... on saturday night they wanted to stay up a little later and their negotiating tactic was like can we watch an episode of the simpsons and immediately i was like yeah you guys pick and they picked two two seasons in a row of treehouse of horrors they were both great but i honestly can't remember episode names i definitely wanted to watch the one where sideshow bob kidnapped bart but like Give me some hits here. Whether it be. Because <laughs> so the, so, I think they're all on Disney Plus.
1: Right. So so the one where Sideshow Bob kidnaps Bart is called Cape Fear, but it has an E at the end of the word fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I don't remember. I should know what season that is, but it's either season four or season five. A lot of really good stuff is going to be in between seasons like three and like seven, like mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So it, every, everybody has their own different thing. I'm sure somebody else listening to this will be like, not those seasons, but but it's generally around there. Um, what are some other ones? My 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 favorite Simpsons episode. Um, I don't know if how well it'll resonate with them, but it's always been my favorite. Is the one? It's called Last Exit to Springfield, which is the one where Homer, Homer becomes the union boss. Um, that is that is like my number one on my list of Simpsons episodes. And that's just yeah, classic.
2: Yeah, Willie, how familiar are your kids with The Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, not really. What's the name of the What's the name of the Monorail
1: episode dish? Uh, Marge versus the Monorail.
2: Yeah, that, that is my favorite. Yeah, episode.
1: it's and that's a great, great one. Um, that's season three, I think. Uh, Itchy and Scratchy Land, I think, is oh, is a is a yeah, really yeah. like easy to understand one that's kind of fun. Um, and I believe that's the first episode of season six. Like that, that was the season premiere that year.
0: You know, what I'm unclear about is, um, we're just watching them through Disney plus. And the first bunch of seasons on there only has eight episodes. Were there only eight episodes the first couple seasons? No, No. the first episode only had what?
1: 10 or 13 episodes. It, It was a short season. The first season. But after that, they all had like 22 or 23 or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Episodes. So Disney Plus doesn't have the whole catalog then?
1: I guess. I thought they did. But I I've, I have never looked, actually. So,
2: uh, it, But I, it I was under the impression me, they did. It wouldn't surprise me if there's some weirdness in there with like music rights or something that have, that have expired. Like if they can't show certain episodes for other reasons. But as far as I uh, know, they should have everything. Um, here's the question I have for you, Willie, is... Here's the super nerdy question. Are you guys watching it in uh four by three or sixteen by nine?
0: It wasn't an intentional choice. I just hit play. Let's preface it with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it stretches it.
2: Yeah. The and problem it is looks it, really bad. The problem is it doesn't stretch it. It cuts off the top and bottom to oh, yeah, yeah. it makes right. it look really weird. But there is an option that you can I don't I don't know if it's they announced they were turning it on. I don't know exactly when that you can put it in right. the original aspect ratio.
1: Right. I don't remember if that's happened yet or not, but yeah, they were going to do that. Yeah. Part of it was not only did it look weird, but it was actually cutting off certain sight gags. Right. Um. In, in certain episodes. Like you didn't understand what was going on. Like not major things. Like, you know, it's not like you couldn't follow the plot,
2: but it's time to show your kids what TV was like when you were their age. That's right. <laughs> we look used to watch Squares and we liked it.
0: <laughs> that's... Uh, we did watch a movie for the show this week, some of us by this week i mean i don 't know thirty <laughs> minutes ago <laughs> but we got it
1: done that 's the important
0: part <laughs> uh What did I walk through uh the movie was triple frontier why don 't we watch this movie? Whose idea was this
2: uh this is my idea um and the reason i I just thought this was an interesting movie to watch for one thing it has a like a hell of a cast it, um, it really does it really does and this is a movie I think. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty this is a movie that was like supposed to be a major studio release and kind of entered production hell and the studio dropped it and Netflix ended up picking up. It was like, we'll finish this and, and put this out. Yeah. Um, and there it were, got a lot of notoriety at the time because yeah. of that. There were a lot
1: of different people attached to this at different times. I believe like originally the stars were going to be when it was a studio film, it was going to be Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy in the two oh, lead roles. Um, and then a lot of people came and went and all that. And it ended up, like you said, with a pretty good cast anyway, and, and Netflix put it out. Um, yeah, this was a, a interesting movie. I remember, um, did this movie come out last year? Or was it 2018? I can't remember now. I think, no, I think it was year. last year, right? Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I remember it coming out and kind of being kind of, you know, that it sounded vaguely interesting and, uh, and, you know, and the cast was really interesting. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, speaking of the cast, Ben Affleck sure. plays mm-hmm. plays the captain Tom. By the way, I wasn't exactly clear what branch of the armed forces. Were they Army Rangers? Like it never I never th- exactly told I don't you think what they matters. were.
1: I thought I, I feel like they were Delta Forces. But okay. yeah, but I it's... but I don't know if they ever said that or, or yeah. if I'm just like filling in the gaps in my head.
2: I don't yeah. think they did. I don't think it really mattered either. They were like, you know, nondescript military badasses kind of. Yeah. 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 But they were basically say. like Navy
1: SEAL kind of guys, like right. the yeah. best so you have, of the best.
0: You, so you have, uh, Ben Affleck, he's kind of the captain. His his character's name is Tom. Oscar Isaac plays a character, which I don't know if they ever actually call him by name, but he, his character's name in IMDb is Pope. Uh, Chris Hunnam, yeah. who goes by... Charlie. Charlie our, Charlie Hunnam. Oh, did I say Chris? Charlie Hunnam, yeah. yeah, yeah. Character's name is Ironhead and Garrett Hedlund. Those are kind of the four big ones. Oh, and Pedro Pascal, right? Right, um, right. Yep.
2: Going into this movie, I, and the, the the credits were coming up, and then I don't I don't know how I got this notion in my head, but I very much did. And the credits came up, and I was like, "Oh no! I, I've always thought that Garrett Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam look very much alike." And then they came up, and then they came up, and I was like, "No, they don't!" I don't know what I was thinking. They don't look alike at all.
1: Yeah, I know know what you mean, but I mean, you know, they were, they are cast as brothers in this, uh, in this movie. So I guess maybe somebody thought they looked somewhat alike.
0: It is true. So I was going to say, why don't, why don't we walk through the plot a little bit and then please interrupt and tell me what you thought was, was weird and what was not. But, um, movie starts off with, uh, Oscar Isaac and we're following him. He is working in tandem with some police some probably shady police in Brazil, and they're staking out this um, shack where the bad guys are. We don't exactly know what's going on,
1: right? It, it's kind of in in media res, so to speak. Like we, you know, it's in the middle of sort of this uh, this uh, this you know op that's going down, and you, you're right. kind of trying to figure out what what the deal is. So
0: Pope and his gang of Brazilian police officers yeah Yeah, whatever they are Busted. they're
2: they're not vigilantes i mean they are the police there Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. i mean and he i mean they're 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 played as like you know fairly like brutal and um but they are like the official authority in the region and he is a consultant like
0: you know helping Ah. them out right right so we learn real quick from the raid after they kick the shit out of a bunch of people and shoot shoot the place up. Yeah, the one
2: uh, so I'm already interrupt you the one interesting thing I thought about that was like he figures out like they, they're basically like um assaulting this building and he figures out that they're in a bad position, moves him and some other guys to a better position, and um takes a gun and like basically blows up the building more or less, and then right. hands it to the local guy and says, Nice shot. Like clearly implying right. that like he is supposed to be an observer only and not is not supposed to actually do anything,
0: right? right. So the plot kind of starts from here, right? We learn that um, there's a bad dude in the in the mountains that has millions and millions of dollars, right? And... He's a he's
1: he's basically the drug lord who is kind of you know controlling all of the uh, drug trade in the region. Uh, you know that's that's kind of what you get. His name
0: is Lorea, uh, right? And he is, this, and Lorea has decided that it's no longer safe to keep my money in the bank. So I'm going to go deep in the jungle and I will have a compound out there and it'll constantly be guarded. And, you know, um, from Pope's perspective, he thinks this is a bad dude. I want to get this guy. And I've got this former team of badass special forces guys in the U.S. i S I'm going to try and convince them to come with me, kill this guy, Correa, take all the money and, and get the hell out of there. Right.
2: Yeah, like he basically he he basically has his informant slash girlfriend, who is like the accountant for this guy, and he convinces her to like film the area and all this stuff and give him a bunch of intel so that he can supposedly lead an op with the local military to right to take action.
0: I really wasn't even going to mention her because she played kind of she was like a MacGuffin in this movie, right?
1: A little bit i mean a little bit i mean she's yeah she does get them some intel like she she answers some questions of like how would they know about this thing in the first place and that sort of thing but i, I do agree with you there's she's a lot of just kind of getting the plot moving at a couple no, different points
2: but not to spoil the end too soon but the interesting thing is like she makes out the best in she does movie. yeah and and they they even say that very specifically at the very end <laughs> yeah right so they kind of note it
0: so uh Pope comes back to the U.S. and basically has to now convince his, his former team, like, hey, we've had the shit kicked out of us in battle before, and all we've come home with is massive debt and bad knees, and you have a shitty job, and we could do this one last job and get back to the glory days and walk away with 30 million bucks, right? And there's some back and forth, but essentially, like, the deal is Ben Affleck says, all right, I'll come but I'm only going to do a recon mission and that recon mission is going to pay 17 grand. So we kind of cut back to Brazil. The team has landed in Brazil. They're doing recon and this is where it starts to break down for me. I don't quite understand that moment. There was nothing that really jumped like immediately. They're like, this is too dangerous. We shouldn't do this. And then like on a dime, Ben Affleck's like, I'm in and everybody else says I'm in. And and I, I didn't really exactly follow we're, so, where that like convincing moment was. So,
2: so there's two things from my perspective that kind of happened, which is like the first thing is they established very clearly that like Ben Affleck is um he's the planner in all this. Like and that's kind of what he does. And they they kind of like play to his nature, or Oscar Isaac does very much um play to play to his nature that like he can't help himself. Like he sees a problem like this and he's gonna work out the solutions. And they kind of get him talking about it. And it gets his mind working, like, okay, here's how I would do this, and here's what I'm thinking about. And um what they kind of established throughout this whole thing is like this is Ben Affleck giving in to something that he knows he shouldn't, but like he's constantly trying to stop himself from doing it, and he's he's he slips and he slips and he slips. And then he gets into the house and like all artifice just goes away. Right. And he just becomes complete, like raw greed at that point. Um, but this, I, I think this is him. Like, you know, he's like Oscar Isaac knows how to work him and he's just working him down a little bit and he's getting him to give a little, give a little, give a little. And I gets to the point where it's like, listen, we're here. We have a plan. Um, we can execute that plan. And we have a type, t- we have a time frame of, when we need to do it like why shouldn't we just do it and it's and they kind of fall back and i think it's kind of established they kind of fall back into their own like their own military ways and it's like yeah like we have a job to do and it turns out like this is something we're really good at like let's right let's do it and he's kind of working them the whole time too (laughs) being like you know we you know like it's it's what's kind of revealed is uh, that oscar isaac he recruits these guys under the auspices of the Brazilian government is going to pay them for this. And he says, right. well, what if we don't bring in the government? Like, what if we just do this ourselves then we can keep all the money instead of just some of the money. And we deserve this. Like we have given our blood, sweat and tears, um, doing like horrible things in, uh, um, in the name of, you know, our country. And we're kind of all bone. Like Ben Affleck is a really bad realtor. And, um, um, Garrett Hetley, like I, I keep wanting to call them like Pacific Rim Tron the Mandalorian and Batman <laughs> going on an adventure yeah. um, so like Tron is just like he's he's an MMA fighter to make ends meet and um, Charlie Hoonan is just like a motivational a really bad motivational speaker to like recruit um, military people into private contracting and all this stuff and so it basically establishes that their lives kind of suck and Oscar Isaac's able to play against that and be like listen we're getting older. This is a chance that something that, you know, they talk themselves into that they deserve. And, and they and he basically gets everyone on board. to be like, yeah, we, we do deserve this. Like, and we can do this. Like we yeah. should do it. And, and this is a bad guy on top p- of it. Right. And, and
1: it's potentially a lot of money. Like they say that he, he has reason to believe based on, you know, what his informant girlfriend told him that there could be up to $75 million in there. Um, so they're going into this saying like, well, you know, we could come out of this with a lot of money. If you know, if all that money is there, um, right. you know to split between the five of us, basically.
0: Yeah, so and- they get buy-in,
1: and mission starts. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, I w- one thing I found interesting at this point was I was very much primed, like the the movie had primed you to be like, or at least me, to be like, this is the mo- This is one of these movies where they get into this mission that they shouldn't be doing. And it all goes to shit like everything goes wrong on the mission and everything things do go wrong, but not where I thought they would like the mission actually goes off fairly successfully. It does go off perfectly. And 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 there are definitely consequences down the line. But, you know, they you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the mission, but they basically do what they need to do. They kill the bad guy. They get away with the money. And I was happily surprised that that all went off kind of as well as it did, because I am not a huge fan of the everything goes wrong. And then the people start fighting amongst themselves like that. I've seen that movie a lot of times. I'm not a huge fan of it. And I was like, "Ugh, man, I hope that's not what this is. And it wasn't. So that was good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and like yeah, I I agree with you, Nish, and I thought the same way too. Like like we'll talk about what goes on in the house, but like they get yeah. out of the house and they're leaving, and I, like I checked the time code. I was like, there's a lot of movie left. so Like mm-hmm. there's, there's things things really have to go wrong now because they got to do something for the next forty five minutes.
0: It's part, hour. It was two hours and five minutes, dude. It was another hour and change. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think this was in contrast to Bad Boys for Life that we had watched, you know, last week, which will be two weeks ago by the time you listen to this. Um. Which that movie zipped by in two hours. This movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I think they didn't spend enough time talking about the planning of the mission, which maybe makes sense why it got botched so bad. And spent a lot of time just like mid-mission. So the the scene in the house was like, it was cool. I liked the way it was filmed. Uh, I liked how coordinated they seemed. Yes, that I I like that a lot as well.
2: Yeah, they they've they, very clearly oh, been people that have worked together for for a very long time and like yeah, they're good at what yeah. they do and, and they got they come, that
1: across pretty quite efficiently i think yeah. in those mission scenes
2: and they come in and they basically they they only want to kill one person they want to kill the bad guy and nobody else so they come in they they take out the guards and they tie them up and right, gag them and all that right. stuff and they've specifically
1: and, timed this mission at a point it's on sunday morning when the family has gone out to church so there's no civilians in in the compound it's just and it's a bare minimum of guards because most of the guards have gone to guard the family at the church so nothing happens to them so it's really just the drug lord and it's supposed to be three guards and like that's it right um yeah yeah. and the idea like you said is that they're going to try to incapacitate the three guards kill the drug lord and get the and basically get get as much money as they can before before the family comes back
0: they do incapacitate the guards they mm-hmm. can't find the drug lord and there's no money to be found And yeah. Um, yeah they have this moment where they realize like oh shit it's buried in the walls right now paul now paul and i can talk about this because two years ago we took down a lot of lathe and plaster <laughs> in my old house
2: yep man we spent how many hours on that one bedroom let's put it this way um i would not punch through these walls with my fists the way these guys were doing it <laughs> in real life that would break your hand Um, uh, but they're taking out those walls like they like yeah like there's nothing even in there
0: with 12 uh, minutes my ass is what i'm saying
1: like is it is it possible at all that like these walls would have been even thinner than normal walls just because they're really less walls and more just well, you know
2: it's the lab. It's like pieces, strips of wood across the studs that right, hold up right. the plaster. And they're just right. like punching through it like it's not even there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All
0: right. but, but Let's suspend disbelief but, for a minute But they're badasses and we're
2: not. So right, maybe, right. you yeah. know, they can yeah. do that.
0: So instead of, you know, $30 million or $75 million in the walls, there's $250 million in the walls. Yeah. And this is where, to me, the movie starts to actually go off track pretty quickly is – they immediately fall into their old patterns of being like efficient soldiers and somewhere Ben Affleck decides like, hey, 75 is not enough. And this is a, this is a guy who's fucking broke and like struggling to pay his bills and down on his luck and whatever. Why all of a sudden does he need to make that jump from thirty or seventy-five or whatever to I want all $250 million I, right now and fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to risk all of us dying for
1: it. I, yeah. I, I totally agree to, to the extent, like the biggest problem I had with this movie was Ben Affleck's character and his motivations, where it was like, I, it didn't ring true to me that, or, or they hadn't developed the, his character enough for me to believe that he would become that reckless over extra money he seemed like someone he seemed like the kind of guy up to that point who would have been like guys we have enough to make us rich for life let's burn the rest of it down and get out you know like yeah, yeah. rather than being like let's take every little bit you know we can do more we can do more like i got it in the beginning in in the beginning he kind of ex- he tries to explain when when they go past their their time that they're supposed to stop in order to be able to make a getaway he explains like i gave us a cushion so we have a little more time actual in actuality why don't we do it that seemed okay but then he still kind of kept going until i think charlie hunnam's character is like kind of like dude like we we got to go like you know yeah, and yeah. this was, was sort of like let's go
2: yeah i i i reckon that or i headcanned that uh, in the moment as thinking like this is a guy who's like kind of up to this point in the movie has been fighting himself like fighting his his urges and trying not to stay out of this and like sometimes i think when that happens like when you fall you fall really hard it's kind of like to make like a terrible analogy like if if i'm trying to eat healthy and i just can't do it anymore i will not have like a cookie i will have like half a bag of cookies you know what i mean um and he, he i think he kind of did like the same thing like when he went he just kind of went really hard um and and that and to and i think that what backs that up is like, that is kind of his character for the rest of the movie um, is he is kind of obsessed with getting like every last dollar that he can. Like he doesn't kind of like, he kind of never snaps back. He, he no, kind of no, he doesn't. I mean, like that. I mean, you can basically, I mean,
1: obviously like everything bad that happens to them kind of comes back to this one decision, but then he keeps doubling down on that decision. So you can kind of keep saying that every subsequent bad thing that happens to them for a long time, it's just like, you kind of lay it at his feet. Um, you know, he he just insists on you know basically making sure they have all the money that they can. Now, one thing that I did think was interesting. Where, but this is kind of starting to get ahead of myself, um, a little bit, but I do feel like the second half of the movie was quite interesting to me because the same way that I thought I knew where this movie was going, and I was kind of prepared to be bored by it, and then it didn't quite do what I expected the second half of the movie is something that you don't see very often which is a a heist movie that really grapples with the issue of like 250 million dollars is a lot of money and like logistically it would be very very hard to carry that money away um and that's that's basically what the last hour of the movie like comes down to it's like it's all the trouble that they have trying to get away with that huge
2: amount of money oh yeah i I totally agree like that's I have a like I have it like all in caps in my notes that's just like this is a movie that is very concerned about the weight of money and right. like if you're gonna steal it in a way that like most movies they don't even care like it's just like glossed over that like suffice it to say they carried out you know three hundred million dollars from the bank like and this is like and you're right like this is the crux of the movie on which like everything else happens is like how much money this like how much weight this cash is?
1: Yeah, basically but... the, the, this two hundred fifty million dollars. It ends up being, I think, over a hundred bags of of right. like duffel bags. They they have, end up having to get a couple
2: suitcases out, like the kids' well, suitcases. What did they
0: say it weighed nine thousand pounds or no, something? No, the, 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 6, the helicopter
2: 000. the helicopter could carry that much. Yeah. um
1: um, it's, it's okay. the, the money weighs six thousand pounds and yeah right so 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 they get the money out I like kind of to fast forward to this part they get the money out they're able to get out of the compound they set the compound on fire as they leave um did we mention that they kill lorea because <laughs> if we did uh, yeah, they... we should mention that
2: well so the thing the, the, the last important thing that happens there is yes they kill lorea he like he like for reasons i don't really understand i guess because he realized his money was being taken he like right. jumps out he's out of hiding the he's room. like hiding
1: in a safe room yeah exactly yeah.
2: he jumps out of course like he 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 pops Pacific Rim and they turn around and just like fill it. They just like murder him. And like Oscar Isaac just walks in and puts one between the eyes, which I liked in a weird way because it showed that like the one thing that I liked about this, it wasn't just like, this is wasn't just like an opportunistic heist. This was like, this was a really bad guy that Oscar Isaac really wanted to get no matter what. But then they, because they take so long, the guards start coming back and they're gonna have to fight their way out. And once it becomes time to do that, like, pedro pascal waste no time he's like i'm gonna go downstairs and shoot all the guards that we had previously tied up like we're going to have to kill people now and they switch right. into like killing mode basically um which is they like- start
0: winning me back here i start getting engaged again every time there's a little battle scene i'm like this is well done so um i want to interrupt here and say like i guess i probably give the director credit for that and i looked up the director of this movie jc jc chandor yeah I don't know. him. like, is he known for this, uh, this kind of stuff? I mean, not, I don't know. He's, he's not anything. known
1: for this at all. I mean, I, I mean the two movies I've seen of his are, uh, one of them is margin call, which is basically mm-hmm. a dramatized version of the Lehman brothers collapse. Um, right. so very different, very talky. Um, also has a terrific cast and, um, and then all is lost, which is a movie that stars Robert Redford and no one else and it's just robert redford on a boat in the middle of the ocean like basically and the boat's about to oh. sink for 90 minutes like that's the right. entire movie so the two very different movies
0: than this one he did do a most violent year which yes. i've not seen but yeah, another yeah, yeah, oscar yeah.
1: isaac movie yep yep yeah good point i haven't seen that so, either.
0: so yeah they do get out of dodge right right and, and they get they
1: get to this helicopter basically that um that uh Ironhead's friend has kind of procured for them some some guy he knew in the region. And yeah, this is the point where basically they make they make the point that the helicopter can has a payload of or you know can carry 9000 pounds and the money weighs 6000 pounds, which is the point where they realize that they have about 250 million dollars. You know, basically right. I guess they have carried money enough times that they know exactly how much 6000 pounds of 100 dollar bills is or approximately they, how much.
2: They weighed it. They there was a scale at the airfield, and they weighed it. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying, there. like,
1: I don't know how much, you know, like, if... I mean, I oh, do yeah, now. Yeah. that 6,000 pounds of $100 bills is $250 million, but they right, obviously right. knew that very easily. Anyway, right. um, the, the point they make is that even though the helicopter can carry it, they have to fly over the Andes Mountains to the Pacific Ocean to make their getaway, and so they have to get up to, like... You know, like fourteen thousand feet or right. whatever it, it is. It,
2: it can carry that much weight at two thousand feet. Right. They have to fly up to like yeah, like you said, like fourteen thousand feet or whatever to get over the mountains. Right. Exactly. And so that's going to be
1: the problem. But Ben Affleck insists that they take everything. Um. You know that that we're not leaving any of the money on the runway. I, so this is now the second point where you're kind of like, man, like this is going to fuck them over uh because you know, like, he's obsessed dude, with keeping all this money.
0: Take hundred twenty-five million split it five ways that 25 million bucks is still far more than your i can't sell a condo real estate job right shut the fuck up
1: right right exactly exactly but uh but that's not what they do so they so they so they get in the helicopter and basically exactly what you what you know they feared would happen happens um as they're trying to get over the mountain range um, the, one of the gearboxes and the helicopter blows and the helicopter goes into like an uncontrolled spin. Um, they have to jettison the money anyway, in order to make yeah, yeah. a crash landing. And they land basically near this small village, which is, uh, in the middle of the mountains and there are farmers there who are like kind of, you know, secretly growing cocaine. Um, so
0: I'll, I'll interrupt here and say, um, I start thinking about the, title of this movie as this is going on i full well expect him to crash in the snow as the second frontier because we've been in the jungle fair now we're going to the mountains so so triple
1: frontier actually triple frontier i thought this was a weird name for this movie because it wasn't very descriptive of what was going on in the movie triple frontier refers to the area where this movie takes place it's basically Uh... the area where um brazil and i think it's what brazil bolivia and paraguay all meet So it's kind of this jungle area. That area is called Triple Frontier. Um, So I think that's why it's called that. But again, like this could have taken place anywhere in South America to some extent. Like it's not there's nothing that, you know, other than in general, they're in the jungle. They have to get over the Andes. They have to get to the ocean. That's really
0: all you need to know. By Um, the way, uh, I had the only reason I know they were in Brazil is when they were doing recon, they drove past one sign that said (laughs) Brazil. Yeah, yeah. They don't actually tell you where the movie takes place. They never mention the name of the countries, except for like where they need to get to the water. I think they mention
2: Uh, or what
0: branch of the military. It's just like very generic in that way. So yeah, um, when they crash here, like Ben Affleck continues to just like go off course, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, he he yeah. he realizes the money's in the field and the villagers are getting to, like, it, it was like the money was hanging from a big cargo net from the helicopter. They dropped it all. It's still, like, wrapped up in the net. And the and the villagers are starting to get to it. And he wants to get to it before the villagers take any of the money. And he, he kind of positions the guys. And he and Oscar Isaac walk up to try to convince the villagers. And Oscar Isaac, the smooth talker of the group, is trying to talk them away from the money. And Ben Affleck's getting more and more agitated, more and more nervous the longer this is taking. And eventually, like, panics and opens fire on the villagers. Yeah, one of, I mean, the villagers are kind of, they are
1: not really cooperating. And I think wh- one of them reaches for something, like a machete or something like that. But, like, you, you don't really know if he's, he's, he's not lunging for them or anything. I mean, he could just be taking the machete to cut open the net, uh, for, for all you know. But that's basically all Ben Affleck needs to open fire at that point. And then once he opens fire, the others who are kind of covering him open fire because they think everyone's under attack and they end up killing a number of these villagers.
2: Right. And then they have to go and... Now they have to go and make amends with the villagers um, because they need supplies from them. They need them to, like, basically not go after them also and, um, and like, not rat them out or anything. So they go up and they, they give them a bunch of money. Um, and... Um, you know, it works out. Like the, the the elder of the village seems amenable to this arrangement. <laughs> yeah. Um he, he really sold him out quick. I mean I couldn't tell how much money <laughs> oh
1: I guess he says later on, it's like one point two million, I think it, right is is what yeah, he because yeah, he something... asked, and I think he says like we gave him two hundred for the for the mules that they gave us and a million
2: for the families of you know the people who they killed. Right. And and they're so they're gonna leave and they're heading out, they've now loaded this hundred and change duffel bags onto these mules, which I felt really bad for the mules. I was like, man, that's a lot of like, like they have like what, six mules. It's like a giant helicopter could barely carry that much weight and they've got to load it down. But anyway,
0: 6,000 pounds That's a thousand pounds (laughs) Per per
2: mule. I don't think that calculates. Um, but they're leaving and the son or grandson of one of the killed men is like standing in their way and Ben Affleck apologizes and the elder's like nope they paid their debt like let them pass and he moves out of the way and like kind of stares them down and they head off into the mountains uh, with a butt ton of money and they know basically the other thing that they learned was um, their getaway is not so clean because the reason there was so much more money in there was the drug kingpin withholding money for other drug kingpins too right so there's more there's a lot of people after them now like you know most of the underworld of this country is implied is now chasing them Um, Right?
0: can we can we talk about that for a hot minute though sure we never see them no there's (laughs) there's never there's never fear like this is kind of the difference in some of these other situations it's like at some point you're like okay when are the bad dudes gonna catch up with them and when's right. it gonna get really I hairy? Guess, I, I, I guess they never s- show
1: up. Right. I guess we see them at the end, but we don't see them as in like it's never like a person or like some big showdown where it's like there they are, you know, like anything. It's just it's a bunch of people in jeeps, you know, kind right. of chasing but, them at the very end of the movie.
2: And and during this scene where they're trying to get over the end or this section of the movie, I actually like that because you basically have no idea when or if they're going to get caught like usually like you know you can see the other people you know their plans are building you know when they're closing in and it's like oh are are they going to get you know are they going to get there or not and this one you, you don't even see them so it's like anything can kind of happen at any moment and you kind of have no idea like you're in the sa- you're really in the same boat they are like they they know they're being chased probably um but they don't know how far behind anyone is they don't know how how close they are Um, but they have a, they have several days journey now to do over the Andes and get to this boat that they've hired to wait for them.
0: With 6,000 pounds of money. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So so it's hiking time. A couple things happen here. Number one, it's fucking cold. Yes. Uh, and to stay warm. And this is where uh, other things just don't calculate for me. Well, um one of the dudes, I don't remember which one it was, um, Garrett, decides to light, light some money on
2: fire to yeah. stay warm.
1: Garrett, Garrett Headland does that. Yeah, because right?
2: yep. this is like this like the third night or so, and they've been like Ben Affleck has told them they can't light fires because it'll give their position away. And right. they're getting like tired and, and hungry and cold and just kind of fed up with the whole thing. And right. Garrett Headland's just like, fuck it, I am cold and I'm going to start a fire at, like I, like, I'm just cold. <laughs>
0: okay, but he starts with, you know, a $100 bill, which is U.S. dollars, by the way. Um, yeah, and this, then, is, this is all American money. Yeah. And then and Ben Affleck grabs, like, a stack of, like, fucking 5Gs and lights it up, and it's like, you motherfucker. Like, you wouldn't cut, like, some money out of the out of the helicopter, but you're just, like, throwing in a pile of money and lighting it up now. Like, does not compute today.
1: Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I that that one i i totally agree and but that one i was maybe able to kind of you know uh basically figure out in my head by saying that it's like well he's kind of gone off he's he's sort of loopy at this point like they're all tired and all that and he's just like oh my god this has gotten so fucked like fuck it at at this point maybe maybe but i i agree It, it does seem like are you fucking kidding me like you you know you like like you said like you, you've gotten them all into this mess up to this point and now you're just like let's burn this bag of money
0: yeah, yeah i don't know And if they were gonna do that why wouldn't they then drop half the bags so they could travel a little quicker and get to where they needed to get for just burning money like fuck it burn yeah. like burn like a hundred million of it and keep the other 125 you're still good to go yeah. At any rate,
2: but but they uh, don't i mean they don't necessarily know they need to go faster than they're going either right like <laughs> They're actually making pretty good time at this point. Like, yeah, it seems like they are. This happens when they're at the peak of the mountain, and they're like, "It's all downhill from." They even say it's all downhill from there. Yeah, once once we get to the
1: like finish, getting to that peak, and then so
0: dudes start hiking down the hill, and it's rocky as fuck, and out of nowhere, gunshots. Right, and they're all taking cover and trying to figure out what's going on, and it's really hard to see. And I don't know
2: if it's also like it was kind of a dark scene, but like. Well, this is the this is the payoff for not seeing the bad guys. Is you don't see the people who are shooting at them, and they they kind of get shot, and they kind of move themselves into position um, to try to take these guys back. And a guy gets to drop on Ben Affleck, and he turns around, and it's the kid from the from the village. yeah and... even, even even though to some extent this was expected, I still
1: felt like it was a pretty cool shot. The way the way that was shot, where basically ben affleck is is lining up this one guy who's shooting at him. He finds him and he has him in his sights and he has a perfect shot he shoots him and then it cuts to him and then from behind you see another guy come up behind and basically which was sort of the game plan all along for these people who were chasing him was right. that one was distracting them while the other one got the drop on ben
2: affleck right um, and he and does it's... get the drop and christ he puts one right between ben affleck's eyes Yep, yeah. and then
0: Pop, pops him in the head. Um, this is where team starts to like break apart pretty quick,
2: right? Yeah, they t- they take out the kid. And now this like, um, you know, Charlie Hoonan had been shot, but he's basically okay. Right. Garrett, Hed- Garrett Hedlund got grazed. He's basically okay. But now like one of them is dead. And this is like not something they had actually expected to happen
1: right they hadn't expected it to happen and and you know this this was their leader like this this was the guy in the beginning who like most of them were you know kind of willing to do this if ben affleck was willing to do it kind of thing um and so it it hits them all pretty hard um and yeah like 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 you were saying willie they kind of uh they, they they really start fighting with each other for a little bit until they kind of get it together and say like okay like You know, we're we're still here. Let's grab. Let's let's. Uh, we're gonna take his body with us so that you know you can get a proper burial, or you know we can kind of get him get him to his family. Um, and we're we're gonna take all this money because you know his family deserves it and we deserve it. Right. And
0: I I do want to point out they make a big deal about bringing his body with them.
2: They do. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a military thing. I don't know, but. Like yeah. you know, every, no you know, you don't leave anybody behind, you bring them all home. Um that was my that was my read of it. Um and I think and I think this is another place, like Nish, you were mentioning earlier how the movie subverts your expectations around the heist, as it were. Mm-hmm. And this is another spot where the movie subverted my expectations because I was like, All right, th- this is like prime for like them to like end up killing each other or right, right. something like that. And they do briefly fight, but like you said, they get it together and they're like, We're still a team and we're gonna do this.
0: Mm-hmm uh so plan from there is um i don't know how long they hike from there but let's just say it's
2: another day or two and like they they do a good job of showing like how like because they reach a point where they have to let the donkeys go and they can't bring the meals with them anymore and now they're moving the money by hand and they make a good job of showing like how hard it would be for five people to move a hundred duffel bags down a mountain right Right. Um, it's like it's heavy and cumbersome and they've got like Pulleys and ropes where they can, or they're just like chucking it at each other. And it's got to be—it's like they—they're really working for this money. Yeah, there's some tough yeah.
0: bags, man. Those yeah. things are hitting rocks and not ripping. Yeah. And um, now they—they they,
2: they have lost some money along the
1: way. Obviously, they, they gave some money to um Oscar Isaac's girlfriend slash informant, uh, who they like kind of met up with right after they did the heist and everything. And they, and they sort of uh, Oscar Isaac gives her and her brother fake passports, and they kind of escape. They had to give some of the money to the uh, to the villagers after they killed them, um, and they and then one of the mules <clears throat> bites it and falls oh, yeah. down a chasm. So that's like a sixth of your bags right there, something like that. Like and how however the... many bags that mule was carrying? Go with it. Go and with before that the and before the
2: helicopter crashed. They dumped several duffel bags out the back to try to oh, lighten the way. Oh, that's right.
1: Yep, I forgot about that. So yeah, so probably they've you know they have like two hundred million left, but that's still a lot
2: right so
0: they get to this point where they can see the ocean they're definitely five days late for their boat mm-hmm. so they don't know if the boat's there anymore and they gotta send somebody to do, to like take a two-day hike hike all the way down figure out if that boat's there hike all the way back let us know and then we'll and then we'll head to head to safety figure out
1: figure out what to do yeah so garrett yeah. Headland does that he, he volunteers to be the guy um and we don't follow him we basically he he leaves and then we see him come back and he basically says the boat's still there and i gave him some of the money and so hopefully he'll wait for us but the issue is that the town is basically full of people who are kind of waiting for us you know some a couple of you know pros as he calls it and then a bunch of teenagers with you know with machine guns basically heavily heavily armed teenagers Right, and they talk
2: about what they want to do, and they decide Mm -hmm. we can't, we don't want to kill these kids. Like this, that's a step too far. Like they're tired of killing. Like yeah, yeah, they were already kind of tired of killing before this. Yeah, at at first, you know, Oscar Isaac is like, well, we
1: got to go through them, and then I think that's that's like that's kind of the point where, as a group, they're sort of like, what have we become a little bit? Like they're they're like, what like what are we doing for this for this money? Um, and and so they're like, yeah, we we can't do that. Um, and and so then they also realize we can't take the money either. Like we, we, we just, there is no way we can drag a hundred bags of money or whatever it is down there with us. And that's, you know, that's a hard choice for them to make considering what they've gone through at the, by this point. But they say, you know, we'll have to just stuff our day, our, our backpacks with whatever we can carry and the rest of the money, they basically find a ravine, a deep ravine and they dump the rest of the money there. And they're like, no one will ever see this money again. You know, it's, it's, it's stuck here. It's going to snow here soon and the snow will cover it and no one will even find this money, you know, and and they kind of feel good about that because they they never say this. But, like, I I definitely got the opinion there that, like, they definitely have the feeling that it's like this fucking money is cursed. Like, like, let's like, like, we'll carry what we can because we want to end up with something at the end of this. But fuck Mm -hmm. it. Like, fuck this money. At this point, like, it's cost us our friend.
2: Right, and why let it go back to in the hands of the drug lords? Definitely, whatever. definitely. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, so they dump the money inside. the side. The only thing we're going to do is carry Ben Affleck out. Um, right. That's like the one thing they're committed to doing. Right. Um, so they go and make their, well, not their assault, but their run through the, through the town now. It's like night, and they have to get through a village to get to this wharf where the boat is waiting for them. Right. They do
0: end up stealing a truck. There's some some teenager. He's got a walkie-talkie. They grab him before he can respond. They tie him up. They don't kill him. They give the kid some money and say, "Hey, you should get out of here and get away from these bad men. Peace out." And then they all hop in the truck. Right, and and the truck race riding. time. And, and this was cool. The truck race scene was was good. Um, and they start driving through the jungle, and then along the beach, and many other trucks full of combination of teenagers and bad dudes are after them. Oscar Isaac won't kill any of the kids, so right, right. And know, he shoots out and, their
1: tires and a couple, you know,
2: when when he can to kind of uh, keep uh, them from following him or following right. them. And this is, I feel, and but Pedro Pascal, the guy who went back and shot all the guards immediately, is like, why aren't you killing these people? Like you should be killing these people, and he just won't do it. Right. And I and I felt like this little truck race thing was more realistic than you would probably often get in this kind of movie. Like, um, you know, it wasn't like big explosions and like you know, usually in this movie you'd get like the the. The increasingly like badass bad guy truck would come, and they have to take that out. And then like the mini boss would come, and they have to take that guy out. And then like something like a tank would show up or something. And no, it's just like teenagers and beat up truck and beat up pickup trucks, and they're all kind of you know racing to this wharf. Um, and they sort of head, hit the, they sort of hit the beach, and they have to kind of um, defend the area for a little bit until until the boat shows up. Um, like the little skiff shows up, and they can head out into the ocean.
0: They drive the car right into the ocean, and then yep. swim onto the boat. Now, here's where I start scratching my head because these guys blew so much time and energy dragging Ben Affleck's body. His body doesn't make it on that boat,
1: does it? Not. I thought I thought they push it up on the boat. I I thought they did. Do I, not I remember seeing that? F-
0: not even if I, I, I rewound it to watch it again. I'm like, what happened to the fucking body? Huh. Nothing. And I'm like, okay, this is getting like, what was the point of all that?
2: I mean, that's kind of the the theme of the movie, right? It's like they keep, they uh, keep almost what, succeeding at the thing what, they want to do. What was and the keep point? Failing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. I'm so, gonna have to go back and look again because I just assumed that the body was part of that. Yeah. If yeah, they did,
0: to, if they did, I think that as the viewer, they they thought you would make the assumption it happened. But which, I was like, which oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Me too. You definitely. You don't see it, and you don't see him dragging it on there. Fair like, enough. Okay. okay. So they get away. Yes.
1: They get and away, they, and, and and the
0: byproduct is what Nish.
1: So they end up after you know the the last scene basically is they're at their lawyers, you know, whoever, whoever they've gotten to kind of draw up, you know, you know, the the offshore account <laughs> or whatever, where they're keeping this money and all that kind of stuff. So after expenses and, you know, paying the lawyer and all that kind of stuff, they have five, $5 million in change, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to divide it five ways. Uh, so each of them gets about a million dollars, including a million dollars for um, Ben Affleck's family uh, they basically create a trust, a family trust, and this will be put in uh, Ben Affleck's family name. And then one by one, the other four members all basically say, "Fuck it, I don't want my share. Put my, give give my share to Ben Affleck's family." So basically, all of the money ends up going to Ben Affleck's family, um, all five million dollars, and the other guys basically don't don't accept any of the money.
2: Now, um, what I was waiting for in this scene. What they do is when they sign over their money into the trust, as they do it, they get up and leave the room. Right. And Os- right. Oscar Isaac is the last person there, and I'm just like, he's not going to do it. Like that little fucker. <laughs> he's going to keep the money, but he doesn't. <laughs> he does sign it over and not do it. Right. Um, and and then the end is he just they're You know, they kind of all decide to go their separate ways. Presumably, right. they go their talk- separate ways. <laughs> probably to never speak again um, after this horrible thing that has happened. And it's just Oscar Isaac and Charlie Hunnam. Wait, left, and they're having a conversation. Oscar Isaac's like, "Yeah, hey, maybe I'll go to Australia and go see my girlfriend." Slash, yeah, right, right. The informant
1: girlfriend, who, uh, who they, as you said, they, they, he, uh, Charlie Hunnam makes the point that,
2: you know, that she made out much better than any of them did. Yeah. Uh yeah. And then the moment comes that I really, the the my least favorite moment of the movie happens.
0: You knew this was coming when they were dropping that money in the ravine. I was like, somebody's gonna mark this spot.
2: And, and sure enough, Charlie Hoonan, I don't know how, knows the GPS coordinates of or you know the Latin longitude of where the money is, and gives the note to Oscar Isaac and says something like, you know, maybe you can do something good with it. And right. the re- I, I I really didn't like this part of the movie, and the really the reason I didn't like it is because like these guys were presented as, you know maybe once good people but they're like they did a very bad thing um that they shouldn't have done and ultimately like they none of those guys like deserve they like they deserve to get none of this money at the end of this and like um and i don't i didn't fully buy and they didn't make clear at all like i didn't buy that like if oscar isaac goes and gets this money like he's not just going to like be rich and live on a beach somewhere like that he's going to actually do good with it um so it feels like no. I, 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 I agree. I, I also felt
1: like uh, I could have bought that, I, I'm not going to call it a twist, but that, that plot development at the end, if Oscar Isaac had written that shit himself, but it didn't feel like, like, Charlie Hunnam's character is the last one I would have figured would have been like, I'm going to mark this down so that we remember where this money is. Like, he was the one who seemed the most fed up with all of it, like while everything was going on. The one who was most likely to be like, Guys, what the fuck are we doing? Like, like he seemed like that kind of guy more than anyone else. Yeah, it it felt very weird that he would do that.
2: I think they were trying to establish that. Like, they made him the guy who like counts and keeps track of everything.
1: Yeah, that's Mm. true. I didn't think about that.
2: That that didn't really come together in that way because this wasn't like a thing where he had to count or anything, right? Right. If he if he had written down like you know, you know, eighteen degrees north, you know, two point six miles or something like that, something he could have like counted, maybe that would have landed better, but um yeah these these none of these guys deserve this money they deserve what they got and like you know there's there's no world where Oscar Isaac's character isn't going to go back and try to get this money at some point I guess I guess if this was a worse
1: movie it would have ended with uh like like he would have given him the thing and Oscar Isaac would have been like what's this and Charlie Hunnam would have been like it's like I said I keep track of everything (laughs) <laughs> and then he oh puts God, his David, you're right. and then he puts his David Caruso shades on and walks away. That's right. <laughs> like, like it, yeah. it could have ended like that. I could have very much seen that. So we're I guess, s-
0: setting up the quadruple frontier exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but, you know what you're saying actually gets to um, I, I, you know, I, I, I will say before before I get into my biggest problem with the the movie is that I liked this movie overall, uh, but. I think my biggest issue with it was that I don't feel like the characters were well drawn enough. I don't think that they took enough time to give me a sense of these characters. I also don't feel like the characters were quite differentiated enough. This movie reminded me in a lot of ways, um, not, not totally, but especially once I kind of figured out what sort of movie it was. It was like this movie feels a fair amount like Three Kings. Um, okay. In that, you know, it's a group of basically military people who are kind of seeking fortune kind of and shit goes wrong. But the, what Three Kings has going for it is that the individual characters are very differentiated and well drawn. You know, you think of like you have Ice Cube and you have um, maybe Mark Wahlberg, not so much, but like George Clooney, Ice Cube and uh, and Spike Jones are like very, very strong characters and very different. And I felt like these guys all kind of, even though they're really good actors, I felt like they all seemed like very similar variations on a theme to me. Like they, they weren't completely um, fungible. Like it wasn't like, oh, they're like the five, five of the same guy or anything like that. But it was a little bit like, you know, I I don't, I don't get like Garrett Hedlund's character so specifically as, you know, different from Pedro Pascal's character. Like it's, you know, it's not like these five guys Like, I know exactly who they are. And among other things, it didn't, you know, I felt nothing. I'm not sure if I was supposed to, but I didn't feel anything when Ben Affleck died. Like, it was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) except like being like, good, like, maybe like, you know, and I'm sure I'm supposed to feel kind of bad. Like, they show his daughter and they kind of talk about like his family life a little bit in the beginning. But Mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like that was where this movie could have been really a lot better if it had been able to I, I don't know what you would have cut is the problem but i, uh, I think it to to me it, it needed that a little more in order for some of the scenes where they talk to each other to work better I, yeah. I felt like when they were having arguments a lot of times i was just like okay 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 like let's get to the next part and then when it got to plot development or action those were really good scenes to me
2: yeah i agree I, with you i think that i think that two things one the the movie relied too much on shorthand like you know like suffice it to say the bad guys are really bad guy he's a drug lord you guys know what drug lords are they're bad guys like and right. in the same way like their characters kind of have like one thing about them right the the classic like underdeveloped character like pedro pascal is like the guy who the guy who doesn't regret anything like it is down for this and you know um charlie hunan's like the the, the thinker philosopher guy who like is severely questioning his choices and you know ben affleck's like the reluctant guy who's put in a bad position and makes a bad choice and, like there's you know, like you know oscar isaac's the fast talking smooth guy and um and then garrett, and then garrett, garrett, garrett Headland. kind of like the joker a little bit like like a not a little not bit the, yeah. yeah not like the gotham joker but like the guy who's like kind of jokey and keeps things light a little bit and it right and he's also the guy who will take like who will he's also like the first guy who will take all the risks right he's the guy who volunteers to go to the boat and all that stuff like that's his kind of but that's pretty much it and you're right and and i agree with you like when ben Ben affleck's character got shot i didn't feel bad because earlier in the movie when they shot all the farm guys like they shot the villagers that was the point where, where and i even wrote it down like okay all these people all these military guys like our main characters they have to they they can't get out of this like they have to die right this is like one of those things where like they're all going to get picked off on the way out and ben Affleck got shot and was like all right here's the first guy who's going to get killed right and it's going to keep happening and it didn't um but like i was in that mindset where i was like not really rooting for these guys to to make it like i was uh, i was expecting them not to
0: i mean that's kind of piggybacking off that um I think fundamentally this is my challenge with the movie as a whole is um, there is no bad guy except for maybe our main characters that we follow around. Uh, There's never fear of them. I never quite feared they would get caught. It was just a matter of like how long will it take them to self-destruct, number one. Number two, the character development was like none of the characters had any teeth whatsoever. It was just like, it was really tough to like give a shit about any of them. Cause you're just kind of following along with a heist gone bad without any repercussions one way or another. I just really had a tough time being checked in number one and number two, I think because the characters showed no depth in any way, shape or form. It the movie really dragged on for me. Like this two hour movie felt like of three-hour movie for me it was just slow movie, with the exception of any or all of the like action army scenes those were dope that's the rest was just like snooze fest for me
2: that's funny that you say that because um i mean i feel like i was just slagging on the movie but I felt like I spent most of the review defending it. And and I did like this movie. Um, and when I was watching it, I actually intended to break this up over two nights and it got to the halfway point And I was like, and they had like kind of just finished up at the house at the compound. And I was just like, no, nah, I got to see what happens now. Like, I, cause I just don't really know what's going to happen. And I ended up watching the whole thing in one sitting. Um, so for me, like it did, click enough and like roll together that like i was i was on board for the for the ride as it were yeah and i Mm. and i would say i'm
1: in between like it didn't drag for me i didn't feel like it was a three-hour movie but like i said whenever they stopped to try to have character moments those didn't land with me and i found myself kind of checking my watch at those points very specifically to be like okay like let's move it along i get it like i i get what we're doing here let's let's keep going um, and I and you know, I found those kind of those moments somewhat cliche.
0: The other thing that, like, frankly, maybe, maybe it was the setup a little bit, but but the movie was set up to be a heist movie. I, the heist was like fucking ten minutes. Yeah, I, it was real. It was really like a, a, a trudging marching movie more than anything else.
2: I, I didn't go into I, I didn't go into expecting a heist movie. I mean, they started planning for it, and I was like, oh, I guess this is a heist movie, but. They planned for it really quick and then next thing you know, like you mentioned earlier, they're doing it. And I was like, "Mom, well, I guess this is a nice movie. <laughs> um and I think I think the thing that worked for me, like the character moments, like, yeah, didn't work for me that well, but like I liked the way the movie dealt with like the mechanics of the aftermath of all this and like the physicality of having to do all this. Um and like like that that worked for me in a way that like, again, most movies just gloss over those aspects of it. Yeah. And And, and, and to be fair,
1: like I'm like, I I like those kinds of movies, maybe more than other people uh, do like, like movies that kind of get into the minutiae sometimes of like, how would this actually work? And what would you do? And, and this movie tended towards that at times. And I found that refreshing. I don't know if I'd want to like see that all the time, but I felt like it was like, I was, it was unexpected and I appreciated that about it. Um, it reminded me in some ways, it's not nearly as good a movie as the movie I'm about to name, but um, a, a little bit of like a modern day treasure of Sierra Madre, uh, a little bit. If you guys haven't seen that, it's you know basically these prospectors searching for gold. And uh, it, it has similar things where they find a lot of gold and then there's the question of what to do with it, basically. And, and they kind of run into a lot of issues of, you know, how to kind of leave with all the gold or dispense with the gold. And, you know, things don't turn out very well um, in the end. So in the, in that ways you know, there were some, some similarities. Um, that is a better movie. <laughs> just, a just a as modern day
2: treasure of, of the Sierra Madre raised Nish. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's your pull quote. <laughs> uh, I was about to say well, put, put it s- on the box, but there's no boxes anymore for movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: why don't we uh put some ratings on this i'll I'll start with polly first since you seem to be most complimentary
2: okay um i am gonna give this movie um i'm gonna give this movie a three and a half when all of a sudden done like i said it 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 did get its hooks into me enough um and the i was it's not stunt casting but like the cast um does a lot of heavy lifting to get me through this movie just to be like man like this is like quite a group of people to get together um and in my mind i'm saying especially for a netflix movie um so um yeah i i you know it wasn't a great character movie and they could have they should have either like gone all in on that or just dropped those moments um entirely but um the rest of the movie you know actually worked pretty well for me um the the last 30 seconds notwithstanding
0: okay nish
2: um, b-
1: before I get my rating, um, I was looking on the Wikipedia page. Uh, in-, in addition to, I-, I mentioned Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy before, the original two people who were signed on to this project were Johnny Depp and Tom Hanks. Imagine that movie.
2: <laughs> I assume that's Johnny Depp in the Ben Affleck role and Tom Hanks in the Oscar Isaac role. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah but that
1: is a uh yeah that's interesting to, to think about this is what this was 10 years ago when this when this was first being oh, considered and it would have been catherine bigelow directing um originally this was the this was co-written by uh the guy who wrote uh the hurt locker um uh, hmm. this this script um anyway i'm gonna give it you know i think i'm also gonna go with three and a half i'm kind of surprised i'm giving it that high a rating but in the end I I do I there was a lot about this that appealed to me and that I think uh I think the movie took certain things in unexpected directions and I really appreciated that. And I do like this cast. I wish they had been given a little more to do in some places. Um, but you know, I would have I, I could have really, really liked this movie if they'd been able to do something more with the characterization. But as it was, you know, I, I think three and a half is pretty good.
0: Huh. I am the harshest critic of this movie. <laughs> this is a two for me uh, for a lot of reasons, but um, tempo of the movie was slow to, I actually, my gripe is the same as both of yours. However, I'm just really hard on it. Like yeah, hit I you love, I harder. love the, like, yeah, I love the actors in this movie. They're like, there was no room for any of them to breathe. and like, do anything of substance as an actor like i can't can either of you name one scene where you're like shit that was spectacular acting like i don't think there was one part in the whole movie where i was like ah there's oscar isaac at his best or or there's ben affleck doing this thing like there, there was like to me, that's like shitty directing, or maybe a shitty script, or I, I don't know, but like I know these all these actors are phenomenal. Yeah. I would I would they I didn't would, have a chance. I would,
1: I would say to the extent that anybody stood out to me, it for me personally, it was Pedro Pascal. And it was just because I felt like his character seemed fairly natural. Like I I got to to the extent I felt like it's like I get that guy. I felt like I got him. Like I felt like it was sure. like, Yeah, I get this character. He feels pretty consistent. I I feel like his reaction seemed fairly natural but I wouldn't say like it wasn't like yeah it wasn't like an amazing showcase or anything it was just more like like he's the one who I gravitate towards the most even though like he's not necessarily the most sympathetic character by any no. means
0: so for me and like just too many fuck ups in the plot and kind of unexplainable behavior all around so it's it's a two on the nose for me it's definitely not even like a you should kind of see this like And it's not even like this should be a time waster, like because it's a lot of time. And I just had a really tough time being invested, like tip to toe, in the whole movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's
1: fair. I I I do agree. Two hours, you know, two hours on the dot is you know a decent amount of time. I guess movies nowadays are longer and longer, kind of just generally. But uh, it's 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 a decent amount of time.
2: I I am gonna go back and watch both Tron Legacy and Pacific Rim now, having (laughs) seen these two guys. That's funny. <laughs>
0: that's that's um, when it makes you think of. It. <laughs> tying a bow on this movie and thinking, and thinking of all the different ways they could have cut this movie, it, it actually segues nicely into the Snyder cut coming, but it doesn't exist. And what, what's going on with this, Paul, because I don't have a lot of context around it.
2: Sure. So um, we're talking about the justice league movie, um, um, a movie with really good character development. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> a, a movie that um, was part of the Snyderverse, verse and um, as people actually call it. And he unfortunately, during the making of this movie suffered a personal tragedy and Joss Whedon came in um, with Snyder's blessing and finished the movie. And uh, we all know the movie was, well, let's be charitable and say it it was not great. Um, I've not seen it. It was not great. Um, And you you do not need to see it. (laughs) And basically um, since that's happened, people have been clamoring for a supposed version of the movie, Zack Snyder's original version of the movie before Joss Whedon, supposedly sullied it. Um, And there's been online petitions, um, a lot of like really from some, you know, fine parts of the internet and and from some not very fine parts of the internet at all um, asking for, you know, this quote unquote Snyder cut and HBO um, is coming out with their HBO max service. And they recently announced that it's going to feature the Snyder cut of justice league. Um, But, the catch is there is no Snyder cut of Justice League. They're going to spend $30 million. At least. Oh my, at least, least $30 million. Yeah. Um, on To create the Snyder cut of the movie. And I think this is total bullshit. And the reason I think this is total bullshit is because now Zack Snyder gets to live in a world where there's years of criticism and controversy around this movie. And he's going to now, he can craft a movie based on that criticism um and release it and there's a large portion of the audience who will think this is the movie he was always going to make and it was and it's totally not the movie he was always going to make it's the movie he's making now um based on lots and lots of feedback that he wouldn't have had at the time and i think i and you know Zack snyder i think has been terrible for dc movies and, and superhero yeah. movies in general and i'm not that thrilled about any of this what what i am really interested about
1: though is regardless of what kind of credit he gets for it or not um i am i'm interested to see if Zack snyder given all of the criticism that has been lobbed at justice league if he will actually make a semi-good movie out of justice league or if it's just going to be a snyder you know a more snyder version of justice league which is what we would have probably originally gotten like, like can you make a good movie out of justice league like with with 30 million dollars of reshoots is it possible I, I, to do so that's the question I, I don't
2: know like at this point I don't know what you can reshoot what you can't and what you can do with special effects and what you can't um so I don't know and I don't know what the bare pieces are like I know you know there's a lot in justice league that's supposedly a like there's a lot of like snyder's movies are a lot of reactions right there's a lot of like the Batman Superman movie had a lot of reactions to the criticism of the Man of steel. And that was still a bad movie. Um, so good I point. Yeah. So the, 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 the advantage is not on his side um, that he's no, going to come out with something not. good.
1: And I, I mean, well, I, I mean, the easy thing is that it will not cost that much money to fix the fucking CGI on Henry Cavill's upper lip. That you know that 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 should be the easiest fix to make to Justice League.
2: I, I wonder uh, how much, if any, of that Joss Whedon footage will survive. I'm, th- th- I am I, I like I, I've seen the movie and it wasn't that good. um But no, I am it really I am a sucker, was not. I am a sucker for Superman, and um so I watch anything Superman related. But I, and I will be curious to watch this because I I will be curious to see exactly how different it ends up being um from the original movie. um I don't think there's a salvageable movie in there, to be honest um but i'm curious to see what i am curious to see what direction he goes in it um it's kind of crazy that like this internet petition movement thing has resulted in this that they're going to spend a ton of money to create this thing um because people at least seem to want it um yeah will they get 30 million dollars of traction out of this i think kind of don't feel like they're going to, but
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the one other thing you could say, I can't believe I'm like trying to make like some kind of semi case as to why this could be okay, because I don't think it will be. But (laughs) this this could be okay, rave the (laughs) shot. But the the other thing I'll say is that since, um, so Aquaman came out after Justice League and Aquaman, while also not a good movie, was at least semi-entertaining. Like it, it, at least, was a movie that had an idea of just how ridiculous its star was, and yeah, had like, it was better it had, than Justice League, right? It, it had that feel to it, and Wonder Woman came out before Justice League, but I'm fairly sure that, like, you know, the, most of the most of Justice League had probably been shot right by the time Wonder Woman came out. Like, I can't I'm, imagine that they were able to incorporate too much of the feel of wonder woman which also had a much better feel to it a much more like a much more kind of g whiz feel to it that that these dc movies kind of should have
2: yeah well it's it's by far the best <gasps> of the dc movies and and was the one i think that has the least Zack snyder input so i you know maybe that's telling you something right um, like i am i am genuinely really looking forward to actually wonder woman 84 the sequel yeah um like all the stuff about it looks amazing um so i'm kind of down for this crazy 1980s uh period movie yeah with, um, with Kristen wig is the villain <laughs>
0: yeah well i just i gotta ask regarding the snyder you know cut here is your issue fundamentally that he that they're going to take feedback and make the movie based on the feedback or that it feels like it's like less genuine art artistry by taking that feedback or that they're just a concern that he's reacting to like way too harsh criticism and he'll just like curtail to the critics uh,
2: my, my issue i think by and large
0: like everybody like i've never seen it but by and large everyone's like this movie sucked yeah, yeah. So i don't i don't fundamentally see what's wrong with trying I, to make it better i think th- i think
1: th- what it is is that like it's it's less any of those and it's more that there are there are people who are like diehard Zack Snyder fans, right? And they're out there, yeah. and they're just and they're sitting there being like, "This movie sucks because of Joss Whedon." If Zack Snyder yeah. had been allowed, like you know, if circumstances hadn't intervened, Zack Snyder would have made a fucking masterpiece. And now Zack Snyder gets to take all of this criticism and make a movie that he never would have originally made, and probably won't even be good. But if it is, then they'll be like, "See, see." this is the movie like what if he had gotten to make this movie DC so much
2: better than Marvel blah 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 blah. like all yeah, this stuff That that's, that's, that's exactly it Nish is that yeah. like yeah he 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 gets this huge advantage that won't be acknowledged and it'll just be like and, and I, I don't know where this is coming from I mean I <laughs> guess there are people out there that love Man of Steel and Batman V Superman colon Dawn of Justice but like I don't know who those people are yeah. um, and I'm not one of them
0: Dude, I mean, I root for Superman movies to be great. You guys know I love Superman. I mean, I have not really, really enjoyed a Superman movie since Christopher Reeves. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I mean... They fuck him up in every movie. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into, like, the whole thing about it. But, like, it is, like... it, It is, like... I don't understand why you would, like, give a movie... Give a Superman movie to a guy who, like... Not only, like, doesn't like doesn't understand anything about superman or like what makes him interesting um and may not actually like superman at all (laughs) um that's definitely the impression you get
1: like you watch man of steel and you're just like this was like you gave superman to someone who was just like all right guys like i gotta bring like what if superman was an asshole what do you think about that guys huh (laughs) like let's make that movie (laughs) It's
0: called Superman 2, the Donner Cut. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Or Superman Superman 3 when he's got the bad kryptonite.
0: <laughs> right. I don't know. You know, um, anything else to cover this week? Um, you guys watch anything? I have watched nothing. What about you, Willie?
1: You, you, you're the watcher out of us nowadays.
0: <laughs> I did want to follow up on a couple things. Number one, signed up for YouTube Premium. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. You're welcome. (laughs) It's it's phenomenal. Um, I I will say this much. Now I understand why Paul can watch so many conspiracy theory videos.
2: Like oh, oh, they're (laughs) they're conspiracy theory debunking videos. Let's get Uh, (laughs)
0: let's get that
2: right. (laughs) I did not mean to offend you.
0: Without the ads, I feel like I churn through and I know the ads are only five or ten seconds, but like there's a moment I I get glued to the screen longer without the ads because like there's a moment where I'm like, "Ah, I'm not gonna watch another one because I don't want to sit through that five or ten second ad. And now I'll just like be like, Holy shit, I just watched three hours of YouTube. (laughs) Like Yeah. You could get really, really lost in there without the ads.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, you totally can. Uh,
0: Paul Specifically for you, I did watch the first, I binge watched like the first five or six episodes of Too Hot to Handle.
2: Oh, okay. Give, let's hear it. How was it?
0: Let's take it for what it is, which is mindless dribble and knowing how like vapid, it's, it's a perfectly cast show. It's actually like, if you take it for what it is and like realize like there's an artistry to making reality TV and 95% of it is in the casting. It's doable, and it's actually a, it's it's fine. It's watchable. It's not going to change your life, but like
1: <laughs> God, it, I hope not.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it is definitely not as compelling to me as my other recent guilty pleasure um, reality show that I've been hooked on, which is Doctor Pimple Popper. However,
2: <laughs> all right, you're gonna have to explain what the yeah, hell that is. To talk, we're gonna have to talk about that.
0: <laughs> okay, so you know when you go down your YouTube rabbit holes, and I and I confess that I watch cracking videos right you know the other thing that they always suggest from there are weird shit like earwax removal videos have you guys seen these no no (laughs) okay i'm going to share some stuff with you you should see some stuff that comes out of people's ears and then there are just like pimple popping videos on the internet and in particular this one doctor was like the doctor pimple popper and she would just like it would just be videos of her popping these massive Fucking zits and with like people with terrible skin conditions. I know this is what happens on YouTube. Oh YouTube my- Premium, no ads. Uh, god, sh- this is chic. this is
1: like making me physically
0: sick. You yeah. hear about <laughs> some of our listeners will back me up here. Uh, <laughs> I prefer the ads. <laughs> You know what will happen, Paul, is you'll watch one video and that's all the ads you'll see from there on out. I'll <laughs> just be stuck. <laughs> I am not
2: watching one of these videos.
0: <laughs> and there's this show with this dermatologist who deals with all these weird skin conditions and it's highly addictive. So this is – so th- is this show on YouTube or is it <laughs> – No, it's actually – she has a show on probably True TV or one of these other networks got it, that I don't – Got it. Bravo.
2: One of them. Right, right, right.
0: maybe? I don't know. Right. And Ugh. I've definitely watched a fair amount of that to go along with my habit of botched.
2: Oh, man. Okay. That's
0: right. Oh, you, uh, you
2: do what works for you, Willie. <laughs> oh, God.
0: This, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a couple other things I did watch that 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 are uh, probably worth seeing is I watched Jerry Seinfeld's 23 Hours to Kill, the stand-up. That was, that was actually really good. Okay. And then I, ro- I watched some rubbish. Uh, I watched this movie... Aloha takes place in Hawaii. Oh yeah. yeah, that one's
1: famous. That's the one where uh, Emma Stone is the half Asian.
0: Oh yeah. Asian, she's half Hawaiian in the movie with um gosh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, but, it they, was really... but, they, but they
1: make a big they, they make a thing in the movie about how she's like, yeah, like how she's technically half Asian and then it was like it was a big issue in Hollywood where it was just like seriously, like you couldn't cast like an actual person who looks half Asian. Like it's gonna be well, Emma Stone and
0: yeah. Suffice it to say, it was a shitty movie. You should skip it. Uh, is, it a, it's, which it's,
1: is, a, is is it a Cameron Crow movie? It is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know how much Paul loves Cameron. A good Cameron Crow flick. But this is not nope. a good one, is from what it
1: sounds like.
2: <laughs> yeah, no comment on Cameron Crow from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anything else? Oh, my kids watched Scoob, which uh, was actually pretty good. Good kids movie. If you need, if you need a time waster. Yeah, that's good to know. I think that's it. Um, anything else to cover this week? The only thing we, we didn't mention last week had to get a hold of us. Paul, why don't you Why don't you cover that?
2: Yeah, you can send us email. You can send it to podflix at gmail.com. Um, you can go to our website, podflixshow.com, and send us feedback on that. Or you can attempt to tweet at us, um, at podflix on Twitter um, is where you'll find us um, ignoring Twitter. Um <laughs> So, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. That's it. That's that's our out? That's our out. (laughs) Is it you saying that's it? I hope it is. (laughs)